This is Stephen Dominguez from the Science Faction Podcast, and you're listening to the BS Podcast Network. Enjoy. This is Officer Mo Weekend coming to you straight from Port Fouchon, Louisiana, on the beautiful Gulf of Mexico. You're listening to the Magic Our Way Podcast with your hosts, Kevin, Danny, Eli, and the ever-so-lovely Lee Lastovica. Take it away, guys. Jumbo, everyone. Harambe. And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our, Our Way, Way Podcast. Podcast. Ah, Sante everyone. You are listening to the Magic Art Podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States of America. We are artistic buffs talking about busy stuff. www.magicart.com is where you can find us. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. And with us today, we have... Excelsior! Yo, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. You know the story's all about the glory. It is our resident comic genius from IvoryComics.com, Mr. Eli Ivory. How you doing, sir? I am good. I tell you what, I was in the lurch, but after your intro, I felt like I've been to church. How you doing? <laughs> well, hallelujah to you, oh, darling. I, I had to raise my hand up and shake. I was like, oh, wait, I'm about to start speaking in tongues. Wait a minute. We're doing a Disney podcast. You have a blessed day, sir. You going to testify? I was about to. I was about to start telling stories about you know when it was cold winter nights and stuff and i saw jesus trying to get a sandwich i didn't i didn't know what was was happening that wasn't jesus that that was just kevin's melodic voice i tell you right right, boy (laughs) said chills up my spine it's not because it's 30 degrees outside boy you're just feeling the word coming out my mouth i gotta go read proverbs when i get home that's right proverb right on your tongue good lord i spread that word on your face neck and chest sir. oh my goodness somebody's got a god complex over there. <laughs> that's his story giving the glory right the there. word according to kevin <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah you have a blessed day holla stokey that's yeah. right yes and yes. of course on the show we also have show me the money here comes the money here we go money talks here comes the money hey must be the money 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 Show me the money! It is Mr. I Know More Than Your Friend, Suck It Up, Tough Love, and Ever So Lovely Travel Agent for Magical Moments, Vacations, Mosquito Killing, Date Night at Denny's, Bend Ya Over the Chair, Lee DJ White Cheddar, No Hassle Vika. How you doing, sir? Oh, man, just trying to stave off frostbite over here. Jesus. <laughs> it is freaking cold, man. Oh, Jesus. I'm Jesus, I'm here. <laughs> Jesus, hallelujah. Ooh, Jesus, three times. Yeah, I am well, three times. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. over here in Houston. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for a very spiritual episode of the Magic Army <laughs> Podcast. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. Woo! Where you come from? Felix. Sherman Best day. Hey. 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 Sherman Hemsley. Preaching boy. Amen. What the face now? Sherman Hemsley oh. was on. Amen. Woo. I praise. Have, oh, ble- have a blessed day. Somebody <laughs> pass a basket and put some dollar bills in there for that good righteous sermon that was passed on by your brothers of the MOW podcast. Amen. 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 Is that the God somewhere? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. That very current reference uh, was brought to you by the Magic <laughs> And we did not script any of that. That's that's just the magic of Magic I'll wait for. Sherman Hemsley was on a He window. was. <laughs> you took it there. I did. You sure did take it there. And all, for all of you that left, you're welcome. Oh, and you have a blessed day. It's a good ride on the way to work. You're feeling good right now. I think Gospel according to Jefferson. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Tell him, Weezy. Hey, man. <laughs> yes, Weezy, yes. A reading from Weezy. <laughs> George! Hey, man. Right, hey, man. That's awesome. How yeah. you doing, Lee? Besides freezing. <laughs> it's, I'm good, man. I'm good. I will actually, finally, if you can believe this, we'll have that hole in my ceiling fixed tomorrow, hopefully. Hole in the ceiling? That's still, still from the hurricane. Oh. I got a hole in my ceiling. Oh. Only the good luck could do that. Praise Herman Hemsley. Hey, man. <laughs> Praise State Farm. Good Lord. <laughs> Praise State Farm. Don't bring no false idols up in here. Oh, no. You ain't good hands with the Blasphemer. man. That's a good Sherman Hemsley bringing that hole, uh, patching that hole in your roof. That's the whole, That's the hands held from the president of 24. That's like right Chico there. the man helping you out right there. <laughs> Chico the man. Good Lord, he's in good hands. Woo. Praise. Well, praise. Hallelujah. Praise Sherman Hemsley. That's right. Repently. <laughs> hey, I, I don't... I don't repent. I repeat. You repeat repenting? <laughs> I don't repent. I repeat. Repeat and repeat. What's, What's the joke? Pete, repeat, repeat, repeat. fell out. Repeat, repeat, and repeat, repeat. Well, guys, uh, we, we hope you're uh, having a blessed day and uh, enjoyed our little intro there because we're about to get a little spiritual here uh-huh. on the Magic Our Way podcast because mm-hmm. we have a great show for you today, man. We brought on Benjamin great. Lancaster from yes. Out Walt's Frozen Head. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, in fact, he coins himself the intern for the Frozen Walt. That's right. Praise be to Walt. There Praise is. be to Sherman Hemsley. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes uh, the audible Walt for there would be no partaking of this podcast without such a bad yes sir hallelujah uh, hallelujah but uh yeah we're gonna listen to him chat about his movie project that he has coming up called the further adventures of walt's frozen head yes and uh if you are a disney fan and you're on twitter you would know that twitter handle of uh, at walt's frozen head without the o and so yeah definitely we're gonna chat with him about it talk about the movie um just have a little fun talk a little disney make a little love have a little blessed Mm-hmm. I don't make know a little we, love. Uh, I don't know. I got carried away. Wow! So we're gonna do it a little dance, make a little love, and get, get down, down tonight. tonight. Get down today. Wow! And yet another right. timely reference by the Magic Rover Podcast. Yes, we, we we've got a match in our outdated references bingo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, did you win? Yes. No. Oh. Hey, hey! I thought I was close. Listeners, let us know if you would like uh, outdated reference bingo for the Magic Army podcast. We'll post it on our website for you to download and play along for every show. Outdated reference bingo. Absolutely. And if you happen to get it, then uh, maybe we'll have a prize for you. Who knows? Sure. Yeah, bingo um, actually spells Sato. Uh, yes. <laughs> Guys, Walt's frozen head. We're talking to him. Enough of my jibber jabber. Let's go make some magic. And here we are on The Hub, and today we have a very special guest. Uh, no doubt if you are a Dizzy fan of any sort, and you are on Twitter, you have probably seen this Twitter handle. It's been around for a while, and the Twitter handle I'm talking about is at, Fro- at Walt's Frozen Head, without the O. Mm-hmm. Very important to note. Uh, and if you follow it, you get uh, just, um, all I can say is just happiness and laughter <laughs> every day in your Twitter feed. Uh, just reading the posts that he puts up because it's uh, one of the the, the uh, Twitter handles that I started following a long time ago, a while back, mm-hmm. 
And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, but today we have from Walt's Frozen Head is, I'm not exactly sure what you do with uh, the Twitter, if you run the social media, if you run the whole conglomerate, but I'm going to just say that you're associated with it and your name is Benjamin Lancaster. I, uh, I like to say I'm Walt's intern on Twitter. Walt's, that's perfect. Uh, that's perfect. I love and that. you forgot, in addition to happiness and laughter, you also get typos. Lots yeah. and lots of typos. That's what brings out the laughter, dude. Well, when you're a frozen exactly. head, typing is not the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, you only got 20 typing characters. Typing with your nose. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, man, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you are somebody that are, we've actually had listeners email us, Facebook us, and ask us why we haven't had you on yet. I mean, by... Po- <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is the first time like we really got to a point where we're like, oh, wow, well, maybe we need to go ahead and see about doing something because, you know, normally we like to go ahead and see the film first. And uh, right. but in this case, the film hasn't come out yet. But, but we did see the trailer that our listeners sent to yeah. us. Yes. And so that further intrigued us. And then when they brought it to us, I was like, wait, I know that Twitter handle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wonder. Actually, at first I was like, I wonder if that's the same as a Twitter handle. And lo and behold, it is. Or it's, it's connected. And so I was like, oh, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I post too much about the movie. And then some people, <laughs> sometimes people are surprised that there is a movie associated with the Twitter handle. <laughs> so, I, you know, I get I get different reactions from different people. So, <laughs> Well, what came first, the Twitter handle or, or, or the movie? I mean, what? what- well, uh, the, you, so all, kind of the Twitter handle, but really the movie, if that. So we knew we were going to make the movie. Uh, we knew that we needed to promote the movie, and we needed to raise specifically raise money for the movie on Kickstarter. Um, but I also knew that if I just dropped this Kickstarter, my uh, chances of uh, of reaching my goal were pretty slim. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I needed to do was find a way to like ingratiate myself into the fan community, <laughs> prove I'm kind of you know belong there mm-hmm. prior to uh, dropping this thing. And the Waltz Frozen Head Twitter was kind of birthed out of that. Like, hey, we're going to be fundraising in a year, um, so let's start doing this, I guess. <laughs> and you know, it, it really it really shot off like a rocket. And, at this point, it's probably become more popular than the movie itself, though we'll see what happens when that actually comes out. Well, that's how we knew of you first, was from the Twitter handle. I was yeah. amazed when I found out that there was actually uh, going to be a movie. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't realize, uh, I'm one of those that didn't realize, I knew the Twitter handle before I knew the movie. And right. I just enjoy getting the, seeing the posts and stuff that you throw up, you know, with that. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it's, it's enjoyable. But having said that, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, people have always been fascinated with myths and legends. And no matter what, even when you have a, a, a story that gets debunked or a piece of evidence that gets disproven, people still believe in the Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. Elvis is still alive. Yeah, Elvis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's amazing that I, I, I think your premise here is borderline genius. Because what you've done is you've identified a familiar and uh, well-known story that, that people, ever, even if you're a casual Disney fan, you know about this. And mm-hmm. you've taken, uh, you've turned a legend that was practically cliche into something completely original. And I'm fascinated by it. Like, I, I hear the, the premise behind what you've created there. And already in my head, there's a movie playing that <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see. You've... Just on the premise alone, you sold me. Oh, well, great. How did you come up with it? You know, so uh, I, I uh, was getting my master's here in Orlando in uh, film at uh, UCF, and uh, um, I was just kicking ideas around with a few of my friends one night, and uh, I think I 
pitched we were just pitching titles we weren't even pitching ideas really and one of the titles just that came out was the further adventures of walt's frozen head <laughs> like that came before anything and so you know it's obviously ridiculous and we all had a laugh about it and and uh I came home and, you know, was telling my wife about this funny conversation I had with a couple of my friends. And she was like, no, no, you got to make that movie now. <laughs> like, no, you know, like, all right, I guess this is what I'm dedicating the next five years of my life to, um, you know, from this stupid little conversation that I had. And, you know, and then it sort of pitched the rough outline of the film based on uh, just based on the title alone. Well, let's because that is a powerful title. The Further Adventures of Walt's Head. I got to tell you, I mean, because right away, you're going to, people are going to see that and a couple of people are going to be turned off. So I think you right. already know that you've eliminated the people that this movie is not going to be for just by seeing the title. Yeah, my philosophy with titles is I, I like to take the, the Roger Corman approach to titles, and that is like, if you make a movie called Attack of the Killer Crabs, you've yes. made a promise to the audience. <laughs> like, you're gonna, you better fulfill that promise. There better be killer crabs, and they better be attacking somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but what's so great about that, though, also is that now people who don't have a sense of humor about mm -hmm. the concept of taking Walt Disney's frozen head and, and, yeah. make, and building a story around it, You've eliminated them from the conversation because they're like, okay, well, you know what? That's not for me. But the people who yeah. think that's funny, you've just got yourself a built-in fan base. No, you're right. You're right. It, we, we, we think the title really well communicates the tone <laughs> of the movie, the, the premise of the movie. Like it, it, it was something we've never had a conversation about changing. Can I ask you this, though? That why the further adventures of Walt's Frozen Head? <laughs> Okay, that's the one word that people have tripped up on. And I think the implication is that this isn't the first time that Walt's been thawed out. He's just not allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> so he may have been like, the, in, in, I, you know, I don't know how, if you watch the, like, the other Kickstarter videos or things, but we've dropped little hints here and there. And that is the idea that Walt is continually, every year, it's an annual tradition, to thaw Walt walt out and get his opinion mm -hmm. on how to run the company the next year so so the the movie starts with this annual event occurring um, you know the president of the company and the ceo and the you know various vice presidents all coming in for their yearly meeting with walt to kick start the new year and to go over the sales reports and to you know go over the numbers and all the new attractions and things like that and to get his rubber stamp on things before they put him back under for another year so um, we we knew this wasn't going to be just like you know a fish out of water 1967 to or 1966 rather to uh, you know 2018 type of movie. It's something that Walt's been around. He's been guiding the company you know from afar. There's a little bit more conspiracy behind it, if that makes any sense. Yes, absolutely does. Uh, you know, now that you say that, I do have a question. I d I did want to ask you not to jump around too much, but watching the trailer. I get the impression that, you know, from seeing the footage of Walt Disney World, that we're looking at modern-day Walt Disney World. However, there does seem to be, like, kind of an early to late 60s vibe to it, kind of like the, the early, like, Disney live-action movies. I kind of get that vibe from it. So, is it set in modern-day times? Yes. Okay. It, it is set in 2015. Okay. Um, we, we, that's when we shot at Disney World, and things have changed. And we are not planning on updating the edit to reflect some 
new changes and things like that you will see the hubs under construction you will you know they're talking about movies that are coming out there's a reference to the good dinosaur on it to, on its way you know so so some various uh, things that are you know are very much 2015 and and part of that was we just had to decide okay this is the year the film set ah i got um, you. And but but I'm really glad that that came through because that was pretty much our design aesthetic was this is going to feel like the uh, the movies like the Happiest Millionaire and that darn cat and mm-hmm. uh, you know the misadventures of Marlon Jones that that was really the the vibe we were going for with the film so I'm glad that came through in the trailer oh no, absolutely yeah definitely the actor you got for Peter my God I mean he reminded me of a Fred McMurray type I mean it, yeah you you did a great job in casting that or did you did you cast the uh... so so Daniel Cooksley is the uh, is the lead actor playing Peter. Mm-hmm. And um, we held open auditions in uh, Orlando, and we got a you know a mix of, of amateur actors all the way up to uh, people who were who have been doing this professionally for many years in the Orlando area. And um, you know Daniel walked in and had done a ton of stage work, um, and had done a few smaller smaller films. And uh, um, we ca- put it sent out the casting announcement under a false title. We actually titled it the Florida Project this was before <laughs> there was another. <laughs> Another small Florida film called The Florida Project. My God, on the cutting edge, man. <laughs> yes. Um, and we had you know fake scenes that people were reading that were sort of modified from the, the scenes we knew we'd be filming. And uh, so we, we bring Daniel in and have, we have decided that this is absolutely our guy. Um, just 100% me and the other producers are absolutely sure. And we sit him down and we hand him the script and we see the look of questioning as he turns the page and sees the actual title of the film. <laughs> and he looks up and he's and we are just smiling at him and he says, So you have permission? And we said, No. And he said, Well, let's do this. Nice. And that's that was the conversation. <laughs> Did uh did you have a lot of cast members apply for uh for roles in the film? Um, it, you know we had a very good turnout for the auditions. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, and it's it's been quite a while. Um, it, it's always sort of a mixed bag when you do these sort of open auditions for a film that doesn't have um you know isn't SAG after or isn't isn't uh, in the budget range that uh, can really afford to uh, be a- attracting that kind of uh, talent. Um, we got a lot of people who do professional work here and and kind of live off professional theater and then do the films as sort of a little bit more of an exposure piece um so that kind of is the is the bread and butter of this level of filmmaking at this point in orlando so when you were writing the the movie did you have anybody in mind obviously you you weren't going to be able to get whoever you wanted to but who you got was a very well-known name in the disney fan community what was in your head when you were writing the role of Walt? what did you envision i you know i really didn't have a particular actor in mind for walt um for peter i had jack lemon in mind um you know nice Going back to the sort of 1960s aesthetic, I don't think he was ever in a Disney film, but he mm-hmm. sort of feels like he could have been. Uh-huh. But for Walt, I was at best as I could trying to picture the guy who hosted the Disneyland TV shows in the 1960s. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so so I think when I hearing that sort of voice in your head really helps me sort of write some of that dialogue. So how did you wind up casting Ron then? Um, Ron, we reached out to, um, this was after we had shot the entire rest of the film. Um, I had actually met him at a screening of, uh, 
a documentary called The Dark Side of Disney. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, and, yeah. Um, a little a little while later, just sent him an email to see if he'd be it'd be something he'd even be interested in auditioning for. And he said yes and submitted a video audition. And uh, we just thought not only was he absolutely perfect for the role, but he also brought with him this sort of cachet of the fan community. And uh, um, it was just a, a perfect combination, I think. Yeah, it was a it was a brilliant choice. I mean, it really was. Uh, and for those who don't know, Ron Schneider is the uh, original Dreamfinder. Original Dreamfinder, right? The walk around character mm-hmm. that you would run into in the park. Yeah, it's am- completely amazing. You know, yes. when I saw when I saw his name on the bill, and I was like, "Is that the same person?" I was like, "It sure <laughs> is, <laughs> man. It's, it's Dreamfinder, and that's uh, that's awesome." So I know we're jumping around here a bit, and and let me just kind of get back to be were you a disney fan growing up absolutely okay um i visited the park when i was five years old and Mm -hmm. when i was seven years old Mm -hmm. and i can't tell you in between those times how many times i checked out the unofficial guide to walt disney world oh yeah from the (laughs) library just to read like what had come that year um (laughs) knowing i wasn't going like that was off the table but like you know i I can at least read about it right you know that's that (laughs) Uh, you know, the internet was around, but I'm not really on it. You know, I'm a kid. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, like, those books, you know, guidebooks were essentially what what I was reading to get my Disney fix back then. <laughs> no, I, um, I, I completely understand that. When I was younger, um, you know, other than the trips, it was, uh, I discovered the Birnbaum Guide in, like, a flea market. And that mm-hmm. opened my whole world to, like, mm-hmm. tour books. And then I remember hearing somebody talk about the unofficial guide. And so I started picking that up. I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much information. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. You the know, world so, before the internet. How about it, that? Yeah, and, I've, and I kept every one of the books. Did you keep your books? Uh, no, I only ever got them from the library. I didn't buy them. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I would always want the newest one. Right. That was my thing. So, like, whenever the new one came in, I'd check it out from the library. Nice. I can still tell you the shelf they sat on. Like, it was, it was bigger. <laughs> Kind of like Belle checking out her books. And I'll have this <laughs> exactly, one again. Exactly. Yeah. Something like that. You read it all. So, it <laughs> <laughs> so this started out as a, a Disney fan who loves going to the parks. So did you, you were, you grew up in Orlando? No, no. I grew up in St. Louis. Oh, you grew up in St. Okay. Louis. Okay. Right and so Walt Disney World is more your park or did you go back and forth between that and Disneyland uh, or? I had actually never been to Disneyland until I was well an adult. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was only Disney World. It was the park that was 14 hour drive, you know, in the camper. So, uh, staying at Fort Wilderness, um, that was, yeah, that was our, our family vacation a couple times and it just got me hooked. And I think we went back one time later after I, like right when I graduated from high school or something, but, but there was a long gap in there when my Disney fix was the guidebooks. And then I think the beginnings of the internet fan community during that time too, like Jim Hill Media and Mice Chat and things like that. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, yeah. Taking me back. Wow. (laughs) Jim Hill Media. Oh yeah, Jim Hill Media was like bookmarked in in uh, when I was in college. Same here, man. It was was practically my first stop whenever I logged onto the internet. Yeah, Mm -hmm. mine mine was in news groups, the Rec (laughs) rec Arts Dizzy Parks news groups before they had all the website stuff, Mm -hmm. fangled things. But yeah. But you know what's great about that, though, is that, uh, you know, Disney would never make a movie like this. We know. I mean, this is a a great reimagine. Disney would never make a movie like this. And no Mm -hmm. other studio would have the balls to make a movie. like It it would take a Disney fan to do something like this. Right. Because it's something we'd love to see. Exactly. Absolutely. Right. No, you know, I, I kind of knew that going in, that this was a movie that I really wanted to exist and that 
no one with any sort of like financial stake in it would ever risk the money because it's you know so risky exactly right. so like it, it's this is the only way to make this kind of film and to tell this sort of story it, that's it exactly you hit on something that no one else could in no other major studio would be granted permission to shoot in disney world right that wouldn't right. happen yeah, and obviously, if Walt came back, that would be one of his things. He would want to. <laughs> he would want to see Disney World. So, yeah, because every like Disney fan always wonders what is what would Walt think today. Well, particularly of, of Epcot. Yeah, particularly of Epcot because that was his last dream. So, absolutely. Uh, let Let's get into the actual element of uh, shooting in Walt Disney World. All right. What once you have this idea, how how far afterwards do you contact a lawyer? To find out what you can and can't do. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's not too long afterwards. Um, but I, what I will say is there were there were several people who would speak to me, but not like in official capacities. So, Aha. so uh, I you know, was going to UCF at the time, contacted their legal department and, and walked through some of the issues there. What I can tell you is that when we get into fair use, there's no never been court cases that really clearly define things out. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's one of these things that at the end of the day, like, I think what we're doing is 100% legal. Um, <laughs> I hope Disney agrees with that assessment. <laughs> we're, we're, we're about to find out. We, we will find out. Well, um, this is after Escape from Tomorrow. Does, does, does that kind of movie give you confidence? You know what? If they could pull this off, I, I could definitely get away with this. It wasn't so much as giving me confidence, but it did let me sort of tell other people, well, someone else has done it, you know, too. Like, someone else has, has made this happen before. And so, we came so you're like my kids? Like, well, so-and-so so did it. Yeah. Well... Uh, <laughs> well, it, you know, it wasn't just it wasn't just me and some friends too. I was going through the the MFA program at the time and um, had access to their equipment and had access to their facilities. And but I had to like sign some paperwork and things and like show them that I had a plan for things like this. And it was uh, there was a, a bit of proving to some professors that had to go on that this was indeed feasible. So so we did have a little bureaucracy to manage, and in return we got some excellent professional uh, equipment and lighting and such so. so how many people do all right so you're going to go film a scene and how mm -hmm. many people are walking through the turnstiles first of all how do y'all get through the turnstiles i mean I, I, I guess it depends be, on what he has yeah. if he has a steady now, cam or a gimbal or I, I understand if this is trade secrets and you need to tell us to you know mind our business <laughs> on some of this so feel free to but just out of natural curiosity uh yeah how did y'all do this okay so we shot on pocket cinema black magic pocket cinema cameras when mm -hmm. we were in the park only about 20 minutes of the film were shot in the park 20 minutes of the finished film i should say that that's place over about three or four days of, of filming on Disney property, um, some of which in the park, some of which sort of outside, uh, you know, the, the ticket and transportation center and that sort of thing. So we were filming on Blackmagic Pocket Cinema cameras, and we actually would take the cameras and the professional lenses out of their, you know, big heavy-duty kit boxes and put them into smaller, you know, off-the-shelf from Walmart discount camera bags um <laughs> break them up into several groups that were bringing in we only had about six people at these shoots okay uh, and then we loaded everything up into a stroller and pushed the stroller around as our equipment <laughs> cart that's awesome that's dedication that is awesome brilliant just like the movie <laughs> exactly that was the stroller we actually used for most of our equipment during that time too yeah i just looked up that camera my god that's small <laughs> that's like a little yeah. 
in a little point and shoot, if not smaller than that. That's that's incredible. That's awesome. And that picked yeah, up all the sound that you needed for, uh, or did you have extra equipment for sound? No, we we made the decision early on, and this one of our producers was like, "Yes, you know, we need to go for this. We need to to sneak in wireless lobs and uh, you know." <laughs> wow. um, and- <laughs> The whole thing. Wait, wait, wait. I can, I can talk my way out of. <laughs> I'm shooting this camera at this wall. I'm not sure how to talk my way out of, and I have wireless microphones. <laughs> um, so every bit of dialogue and sound has been recreated in in uh, ADR process that we've shot in the parks. Okay. Um, so that that was just we knew going in we're gonna take 100% out of it, and not only was that because we knew that uh, that that would just facilitate you know the it, it being a little bit easier, but also because I don't know if you've noticed there's a lot of copyrighted music that gets played in Disney parks. Oh yeah, and uh, we knew that that would have that would be a bridge too far for our uh, fair use exemption. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond with it just be a mess to edit around. So uh, yeah. Um, that was that was some very good ri- rationale for us to not uh, record live sound. So we recorded the sound just onto the camera as a scratch track, and then uh, replaced it in post production. A lot of hours spent in sound booths with our actors trying to replicate their lines they said on set over and over. Oh my god! Oh, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> now you said that there's about 20 minutes of film. That, that that takes place within the park itself. How many that days was, that was shot in the park? Okay. How many days did y'all spend shooting total? Okay, so total, our shoot was about two weeks of principal production, mm-hmm. and then I want to say we had four, or maybe five days of pickups about a month later. Mm-hmm. Um, that after we had sort of settled on a few things, and we had a location fall through, and so we had a few a few, a few things to do. Um, about a month after principal. So we shot the four days in the park. We knew that, okay, we got, we sort of edited together, did some rough cuts to make sure we had everything we needed to go forward. Then we announced our Kickstarter for uh, production because the four days in the park were actually the cheapest shooting days because we only have six people on set. Even if you're paying to feed everybody at Disney prices, <laughs> um, you've only got six. Right. Yeah, I'm guessing you know, I'm, I'm so, went to so Casey's Corner uh, and... and <laughs> Didn't go to the oh, we uh, we went Pecos Bill like there's uh, there's you know we treated them nice yeah a little Pecos we treated them nice I don't Pecos Bill it's fine it's nice good nothing wrong with that um, yeah yeah we're good we also you know snuck in a ton of water bottles um, most of the time where he's carrying around Walt's head there's actually about eight water bottles stuffed in that bag just to give it some weight. <laughs> nice um, and because we needed a place to carry the water bottles so it really served a dual purpose. So now, it, are, is one of y'all reading Walt's lines off camera? I mean, how are they? Because they're having to react to this bag. With, right. Um, yeah, acting. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, is it is it all just acting? Is it, Or, or did y'all have somebody to try and, uh, you know, give them a feel of it? Not during, the, not during the Magic Kingdom shoots. The Magic Kingdom shoots were rehearsed to every bit of, of a degree. We knew where every camera shot was going to be. We went beforehand, scoped out. We drew maps. We logged on to the Disney Minecraft to show in some sort of 3D space where the things were. <laughs> Camera's awesome. going to be here. How Actors are going to be here. Um, <laughs> like e- every shot, every reaction, every bit of timing was planned on those shots in advance, intimately. Like we spreadsheets and the whole deal. We even had weather contingency plans. It was all written out and done done in advance. That was our most planned days <laughs> um 
That's incredible. Because then we're moving into regular production, uh, some of which is outdoors, and but but all of which has a much larger crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have between twenty and I think our biggest shoot was fifty uh, people on set at any given time. So you know that's it's just a circus to take care of someone. Uh, our biggest shoot was the uh, um, the executives walking through the hallway, and that I, I think that made the original trailer i'm not sure it made the one we have here there's a there's a line about miracles from molecules that i know uh was in one of the one of the bits we've released so far mm-hmm. um that was our biggest day these long dolly shots inside of a uh power plant and uh um that was traditional filming obviously we're not sneaking into a power plant illegally because you know there's a little a little more of a legal ramification there. Yeah, right, there's some right. serious security happening. You bring around. that up and that, that makes me want to ask you this because there were a couple of shots there. I'm like, did they really get into the utilidors? And I couldn't quite tell. Uh, did y'all y'all didn't sneak no. around uh No, 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 no. <laughs> we were we were not backstage. Um, so the utilidors were I don't know how good familiar you guys are with Orlando generally, not necessarily just the parks. Yes. A, a little bit, okay. yeah. A little bit. Um, Fashion Square Mall was the first level of the utilidors. The things, you know, things behind the behind the mall stores. I don't know. I don't even know what you'd call them. They're utilidors in a mall. Yeah. Oh, like that the little mall, hallways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That mall probably paid y'all to go there. I would guess. <laughs> oh, I don't want to say they let us film there. I want to say nice things about. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Lee, have you worked that mall? Do you know that mall he's talking about? I'm very familiar with that mall. When I ran that district, it was several, several years ago. I won't say how many, but yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that mall. It, but it was a whole different mall when I was uh, in living in Florida. It was actually a mall we were trying to get into uh, as opposed to trying to get out of now. But um, <laughs> I heard the theater there is really nice for what it's worth. Well, um, theater is nice. I've I've seen several things there. Uh, go for go for the Fashion Square Mall. Go for the theater. Yeah. Yes, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's what it says on the outside of the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guys. Uh, they're hop- they're opening a hotel there soon. That's that's their new revenue driver. So we'll see how it works for them. So our other, as you descend, the utilidors got more and more industrial. We have Walt on the third level. Obviously, there's actually only one level in the Utilidors, but uh, in our movie, it gets deeper and deeper. And uh, w- uh, the next level was shot at a bowling alley on Colonial called Boardwalk Bowl, who were very nice enough to let us shoot back there. Wow. And was unfortunately another shot where literally every bit of audio had to be replaced. Because when you listen to it, when you, without it, you can't really tell it's a bowling alley. And then you hear the clunk, 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 clunk. <laughs> and yeah, you're instantly <laughs> taken to that day camp that was going on at the same time. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of the bowling alley, but still, like it, it tainted the the track so much. And then we also got to shoot in a gas power plant and water chiller plant uh, on UCF campus. And that's where Walt is, right? That's where that scene where he's talking to, I guess, Peter or the execs. Uh, that's actually Orlando Brewery. Orlando oh, okay. Brewery. I don't need to see any more industrial locations in Orlando. I've seen all of them. <laughs> We've scoped them out. Um, and the you're filming what exactly was a question I had to answer many times. Um, but we had some really great lo- people doing locations for us. Um, and uh, they a lot of stuff just came through at the last minute. A lot of people were very generous with their uh, locations and allowing us to uh, be in places that normally are... Uh, not something the public sees. No, I, I've been in the Utilidors before on a tour, and y'all fooled me. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. 
there's that shot where he peeks his head out and I'm like, that yeah. looks that looks a lot like the actual Utilidors. No, I, I've been on that tour too, and our goal was to match as closely as we possibly could. Did y'all bring in cast members for like, um, and again, you don't have to answer this if you, if you don't need to, <laughs> but did y'all bring cast members in for um, uh, continuity purposes? Con- like consultations? Uh, like consultations. Like a military yes. consultant or stuff like that? Yes, we did have a few people uh, who, who read the script um, walked through it and just made sure that all our uh, as as much as we could get all our factual uh, factual issues were taken care of. Sort sort of that. I've never been a cast member, and so there were a few things that I learned along the way. But we also had someone who slipped us a copy of like the uh, cost you know the costumes that the backstage cast members wear and what they're expected to look like and things that the average guest is not necessarily going to see. So that, that we can then cater those costumes and make sure they're as accurate as we can make them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice. Wow, that, that's a lot of attention to detail. I love it. Now, the, the film's expected to debut in 2018. Where are we at right now? How about how much longer do we have to go before it hits the circuit? So um, the issue is really we're waiting on a thumbs up from a film festival. Um, you know, we, we've submitted to a few and we're really trying to get in one of the top tier in this mm-hmm. round. And then sort of as you go further, you work your way around the film festival circuit, as you will. So the, the, the sick game you're playing is like, is this the best one I can possibly get into? No. Um, because, you know, your first time has to be special, apparently. Um, That's what my wife said. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> film festivals really want that premiere status, especially the larger ones. And so, um, you know, we're, we're in those consideration for a lot of those right now. And hopefully we will be able to make an announcement soon but uh, we're as eagerly anticipating it as everyone else is. Just out of curiosity, uh, when y'all were filming around the parks and stuff, mm-hmm. did you ever have anybody approach you and ask what was going on? Or they, could, could they tell what was going on? Or Yeah, we never had anyone approach us. A uh, few people were giving us some funny looks and things like that. Yeah. And I, I, I honestly don't know, looking back on it, how much was in our own head and how much was uh, sort of reality. Um, we were all communicating through text, uh, this long text message chain um, just, you know, with what was going on and, Hey, the security guard's been watching us for a little while. We might want to move on and do something else now. Um, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Um, one security guard by small world just took a really keen interest in what was going on over by the Rapunzel bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> but we never had anyone approach us. Uh, the only shot we got shut down for was, uh, the security gates, which I don't think was because we were, uh, you know, they expected, you know, we're expecting us to do anything just because they have a rule about not filming security. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, get yeah that. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Did y'all film while y'all were on a ride at any point in time or? Um, we had a few POV shots. Uh, one of them was uh, auto, not Autotopia, a uh, Grand Prix uh, Raceway. Uh, Tomorrowland Speedway. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Tomorrowland Speedway. I don't know why I couldn't remember the name of it. We well, were jumbling um, all the past names of the attraction. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, going through time. Uh, uh, because we had some things from Escape to Tomorrow that we didn't want, want to do. Um, you know, they did a lot of like POV shots through the dark rides. We knew we didn't really want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's more kind of second person shots of of people riding the rides than there are shots necessarily on the ride. Um, the one scene we do have an extended conversation on is Haunted Mansion, and oh, uh, I like that. that was not shot on the ride. We see, we watched the character get into the Doom buggy, and then we cut to a studio Doom buggy that we built. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that and then we intercut that with with footage from the ride um so that's that's how we handled that shot. The, that's the only really long conversation that we have that takes place on an attraction. So who who has that doom buggy? Oh, it's disassembled. It's, oh, no! It didn't look. <laughs> no, it was like, you know, it was it was built for close up. I'll right. put it that way. Okay, it looks it looks good in the movie. You know, in person, not so it, much. Yeah, you you don't need it in your bedroom. That's, just, <laughs> that's a little movie magic. That's all. A little movie magic. A little bit of movie magic. Did y'all ever discuss, I mean, y'all stayed in the Magic Kingdom, right? Y'all never discussed going to Epcot or anything else? Um, it, you know, it, at some point you have to sort of say this is the scope of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of just wanted that one day adventure. You know, that that was sort of what we went in saying. No, no, it's, yes, they could go a lot of places. They could go here. They could go there. They could go to the resorts. They, no, but one day adventure. So that's what we kind of limited ourselves to. Um, you know, it, the, I, I would have loved to do Epcot as well. Uh, it just, for me, this movie was about the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. It could be a sequel in the you know future. He wakes up, he's like, whatever happened to the Epcot idea oh, that know, I had? It's further adventures, so that's it. that could totally work. Peter, take me to yeah. see Epcot. As soon like, as I saw this, I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking comic book. I'm thinking graphic novel, man. I'm thinking you could really have some fun with that. You could, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. That's a lot of different ways you could go with that. No, that's true. I mean, I've, you know, one of the things I've also really wanted to get into in the future is uh, uh, narrative podcasts, which I I really enjoy. Okay. And uh, so that's that's another opportunity. Um, But uh, yeah, for right now, let's see how this movie does before (laughs) we start, you know, planning out the cinematic universe. (laughs) <laughs> but the answer be this okay now you don't have to tell me what happens in the movie just uh, just right. you can say yes or no is there a part of the movie because i mean obviously you know this movie is being made for disney fans and of course everyone knows that epcot did not turn out to be what walt wanted it to be so is there a moment in the movie where walt addresses epcot uh, the premise of the movie precludes that being a surprise for walt I'll say that. Okay. Like, okay. The yeah. premise of the movie is that he's dethawed every year, and so that he has some awareness. He's already experienced the disappointment of not getting the city <laughs> of the future. <laughs> that happened before the the film. Okay. okay. Um, that's my answer, I suppose. That's a great answer. No, that, that, that really is well done. That Wald is acclimated to the to the failures of Epcot at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, first and foremost, I mean, again. Don't have to say it if you don't want to, but has has Disney uh, been in contact with you at all since you've made this? So it has been totally radio silence on that end. Oh, wow. Uh, we'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, no, no one from Disney is listening to us. Don't, no worries. <laughs> yes, indeed. I am, I am absolutely positive that the company is aware of this, that it has been a footnote in a meeting somewhere. <laughs> and all I can figure is that the uh, decision is, eh, but not now. We'll we'll see what happens if we uh, if we make it any further. But uh, <laughs> when it gets nominated for an Academy Award, we gotta, <laughs> yeah, we gotta we talk. talk. <laughs> or a Sundance yeah. Film Festival, we need to talk. Okay, so I gotta assume you're making this. There's two things you're concerned about: backlash from Disney, backlash from maybe fans who don't under don't get that kind of humor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Wh- what in your mind? What what were you most worried about when you were making this movie? I was most worried about like. Every time my fast pass didn't work the next week, the next month, because I thought they're on to me. <laughs> <That was> the, <laughs> they watch. I, that was my every time my 
like every time the fast pass didn't work in Jungle Cruise, I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. Like some, you know, they're going to swarm and take. Someone's going to pull you off to the side. Yeah. Like, uh, we you remember that you, movie Mr. you shot here six months ago? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that, so that was the irrational fear. You know, I, I want to say I kind of knew the stakes going in. Um, I want to make sure that the other people involved in the project are obviously protected. Um, you know, our main actor has since been in a uh, Disney Channel film. Um, so, uh, you know, hopefully it hasn't hurt his uh, career prospects too much. So, you know, it, I honestly, I'm, I went in with my eyes open. You know, the worst they can do is trespass me, I suppose. And uh, if that happens, I'll be very sad. Yeah, obviously. But I don't, I, I would not think so. I mean, fortune uh, favors the bold. Yes. Look at it that way. If you can dream it, you can do it. There right? you go. <laughs> if you yeah, don't do somewhere, it, I heard that. That's right. If you don't do it, somebody else comes in and do. You be like, damn, you start kicking yourself. So it's better that you do it and then, and then take the chance with it. Ultimately, the reaction I got from people who read the script beforehand was that they were like, "I need to go visit Disney World again." You know what? I need to go visit Disney World again. That would be a fun thing to do. And so I, I think we made an eighty-minute commercial. <laughs> I, mean, I like. I don't. If you if you don't want to go to Disney World after watching this movie, I think we kind of did it wrong. So <laughs> I mean, you know, if Disney wants to come after us for an eighty-minute commercial, go ahead. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Think of all the revenue I brought you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Look, I bought I bought six Florida resident multi-day passes just to get in and make this movie. I mean, that's that's a big expenditure. And you look, you could say craft services in the park, man. That was all y'all. <laughs> yeah. Spent a lot of money on that. It was a team <laughs> yeah, effort. This was team building. Mm-hmm. We worked this out. All right. Just so I, I understand. Okay. So everyone is aware of the premise of the film in the sense that Walt gets dethawed and he uh, tours the park and, and that kind of thing. But uh, just going back to Peter for a second, the the other main character in this, I get the impression mm-hmm. Peter is a single dad from the trailer. Am I right? Uh, Peter is a dad who's going, who is currently separated from his wife. Okay. So he is. He, they're not living together. They're they're having some troubles, and um, his daughter is growing up, and that is is a major pressing concern for him right now. The idea of letting go of of your your, your little girl. I got gotcha. you. That yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, is, is there anything that you want like our listeners to know as far as uh, how they find out more about the movie, where they can follow you? Uh, we'll have all these posts in the in the in the show notes, of course. Uh, but uh, just uh, let our listeners know where they can find you in the Disney fan universe. Um, the best place to follow me is on Twitter at Walt's Frozen Head. No, Owen Frozen. Um, so twitter.com slash Walt's Frozen Head. Uh, that is where you'll get the snarky commentary and the, uh, you know, opinions and yes. the uh, some movie news. Um, <laughs> if you follow us on Facebook, that helps us out a lot. Uh, that is um, facebook.com slash Walt's Frozen with an O head. We got the, the real one for that. Um, that is almost strictly just movie news, some behind the scenes stuff, but but stuff that's specifically pertaining to the movie. Um, the Twitter's better because you can go there, you can you know get the information and the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, if you can check out our our video on YouTube and watch it six times on twelve devices, 
Uh, we'd really appreciate that. <laughs> I think every one of us here qualify for that. I yeah, think we yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I watched, I watched say, both trailers. I did that at lunch, man. Yeah. yeah. No, you really, I mean, you've stumbled across something really great here. And the fact that the Twitter has been so entertaining for so long, it, it, really, I, I'm excited to watch the movie. I cannot wait. I got to admit, too, really quick, that is a good effect that you did with uh, Walt's head or well, like the actor mm-hmm. being in the in the device and then like that oh thank you that cool lighting it's uh, yeah i was like and that's all done after y'all shot the right, movie right I figured. yes yes walt was walt was a a uh, box with a green screen on the front of it a green panel and uh that you know that our visual effects artist uh david loomis who's local in uh local freelance visual effects artist and web programmer i think He's been doing every effect shot. He is our uh, visual effects team, and he has been doing a fantastic job. So uh, I still get little updates from him saying, you know, hey, can we put some more pipes in the cryo lab? And I'm like, David, like, (laughs) 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 sure, sure. Well, more pipes, more fog. More, 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 more cylinders, more, Uh, 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 more future, more future. He is, he is tireless and uh, I can't thank him enough. Uh, He, you know, the, making the movies this long process, you have at one point you have fifty people who will drop anything and, and do exactly what you say, and then you wind up and it's like you sitting at a computer with like two people that you're frantically emailing. Um, so you go from this very lonely, like you sitting in the computer writing a script, mm. to gathering a team, building it up, getting some actors, getting a crew. Big days on set. You're, you know, you feel like Cecil B. DeMille in the middle of it, and then at the very end, you're like, oh, let's pull this scene back two frames. <laughs> um, you know, so it becomes very lonely again very quickly. Um, but David, some, you know, David's been here at the end. Uh, he didn't actually come on until about the same time Ron did. When Ron's doing all his work for the movie, he's just by himself doing it to a green screen or in front. Yeah, of- it, it was. No, it was in a. It just a black curtain behind him, and it was a uh, empty sound studio. Here in Orlando, so oh wow, oh, wow! So man, that is... and we had a t- yeah a tennis ball on a rack that, that kind of said, "Hey, look here at the tennis ball." That we'd move the tennis ball for the next shot and kind of swiz- we, we realized it was easier to move him than to move the, the camera, so we left the camera still and put him on a swizzle chair um, <laughs> so that we would get the appropriate angle. That's yeah, that that's was serious uh, work <laughs> to uh-huh. do that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. it was three days of uh, three days of that. So, well, it definitely looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and I know uh, myself and us and a lot of our listeners are looking forward to checking it out. I think Lee has a question, right? Lee, actually, I just wanted to see if I could throw a couple of listener questions at you before we hang up. We do uh, like to get our listeners involved in the show whenever possible. Um, both Kirk Landry and Harry Bernstein asked some questions that that you've already addressed. But uh, I'd like to ask a couple of things from Richard Hercher, who is the, actually the person who brought uh, the trailer to our attention. So All right. um, I think it would definitely be uh, take a quick second and, and throw a couple of these at you. Would you be interested in making a sequel? You'll have to see how the movie ends. I'm just not sure. You know, I, I'm not sure there's a story there. That's all I'll say about that. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Intrigue. Fair enough. Intrigue. Is there another, do you have any other Disney-centric projects in your mind in the future? You know, not Disney-centric. I'm, I'm really still throwing all my efforts into this. Um, the one I've kicked around for a long time that would sort of be an extension to this is a guidebook to Walt Disney World as if it's written by Walt's Frozen Head. Um, <laughs> <but that's something laughs> oh, 
that's something I really want to see how the movie does. And, uh, you know, if the movie is really successful, that's something you might see in the future. Oh, that'd be awesome. I would would see that. That would be sweet. I'd I'd definitely check that out. All right. And then last question, is there anything in the creative process you look back on and say, I will do this differently in the future? Yeah. My one, my one big regret is that instead of naming the main character, Peter, we'd named him Chris from Orlando. (laughs) <laughs> that like that's the one that beats me up because that would have been such a great ongoing gag. Yeah, that his name is Chris and he's from Orlando. I imagine though, y'all y'all had to have filled that with a lot of inside gags. That a lot of uh, uh, longtime Disney fans are going to get though, right? There there are definitely there are. I mean, um, you know, there there are obscure jokes that I've had to explain to our non Disney uh, cat crew members and cast members, and then you know. Um, but I, I think the, the Disney fan is just going to find so much more in this movie and so many inside jokes that it's, it's going to be a, a great rewatching experience as well. Some hidden Mickey's in there. So to exactly. Speak. All right. Well, thank you for your time, sir. I just want to make sure, uh, we got Richard out there, uh, since he brought you to our attention. All right. And then just to wrap up our, our last final question that we asked of our guests um, all this goes well, everything settles down, Disney Company uh, is, is cool with everything. Um, if they, they were to offer you a window on Main Street, what would you like it to say? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I think I'm the last person Disney would ever offer a window to. <laughs> um, Professor of cryogenics. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'd like to be the ice company. The Iceman cometh. Ice <laughs> exactly. Any bad Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze jokes that you could put in there? <laughs> Ice Chill to meet out. you. <laughs> Ice to meet you. <laughs> well, Benjamin, thank you for taking the time to come on the Magic Hour podcast, man, and talk a little with us about your film. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, uh, looking forward to checking it out, man. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, look, you do a wonderful job on Twitter, dude. You really do, and and the, oh, the trailer you. looks great. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I can't wait to see it. And if for whatever reason you think maybe we could do a prequel as, as to when Walt first heard about Epcot, we got a couple of comic book we artists could. on the show that would like to go ahead and work with We, you, we so. could do that Masters of the Universe style where you have the books <laughs> accompany the product. That, that, that could be done. Absolutely. We, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Benjamin, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. All right, no problem. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. All right, thanks, Ben. Have a good one. Bye. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin. And here we are on Guest Services, and this is the segment in which we get to service you, the listener. And you can send in your questions and everything else uh, through the following way, show at magicarway.com. You can call us at 815-MOWEEKEND. That's 815-MOWEEKEND. 669-4226. Or you can leave a voicemail via SpeakPunk widget on our homepage. And today we have a little bit of a trip planning question from uh, a, a well-known MOWEEKEND, Eric Grubb. And so this question reads like this. Good day, gents. I was listening to episode 200 and flipping through some photos on my phone of the world trip we made in early December of my son. So these are photos of his son to the trip to the Disney World. Okay. Okay. And he says, it's made me wonder, since you all have kids, what ages did you guys take them first to the parks? <laughs> or at least the first time you took them where they could process at least somewhat what was going on. How was that experience for you and your wives or exes or whatever since Eli's single? 
How did your kids react? My son was a month shy of being two during the trip, and he was absolutely recognizing characters and all sorts of things that I wasn't sure he would even know what was going on. We just booked some flights for May to head out to California, and we'll be spending some time at Disneyland. I'm really curious to see how much more he'll likely get out of this with him nearly six months older by the time we get there. Just curious to hear your stories about your first trips, or at least the highlights. Grub. P.S. Tell Lee sorry this is going home for me. No need for travel agents on this one. <laughs> yeah, so his basic questions, uh, how old were the kids when we first took them? How were their experiences? How was your experience? How and was Lee, it for the fired. kids and everything else? You out of there. Lee, you're fired. You out of there. <laughs> you're fired. You're fired. Your services are no longer needed. You're That's fired. right. Yeah. Never mind, you got a family to feed. <laughs> <laughs> and a hole to a yeah, patch up. Yeah, a ceiling to Never fake. mind, you got a hole in the roof. <laughs> he ain't worried about your family. All right, so who, who wants to go first with this? Uh, I can't because, I mean, I'm the... You have the oldest kid. I'm the single guy, and I had... Yeah, I do have the oldest child. Uh, I took Hannah. I would say she's about eight. Eight years that's, old? That sounds about right. Okay. Uh, that was the first time she went. And, and at that point, she was already watching, like shows on Disney Channel, so she had an idea of, you know, who the princesses were and everything, but her biggest thing was Hannah Montana at the time. Uh, she had a ball. I mean, you know, we went with, uh, with with Danny's family, and so, like, we saw all kind of stuff. I mean, uh, she was old enough to go on some rides, but not all of them because of her height, so that was good. You know what I mean? So it wasn't like, okay, you stay here. I'm going to go and, you know, do this ride, so she got to experience some of that, uh, she had like you know the bippity boppity boutique. She got to dress up as Hannah Montana. You know she loved that. Although now she's embarrassed with that picture because she's like eighteen and adult and stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, but my <laughs> daughter had a my daughter had a ball. The, the first time she went, uh, she loved it. We had you know like the character breakfasts, and she got to take pictures with you know Alice and you know what uh, like uh, let's see Mary Poppins, Pooh. So I mean, and she had like the whole signature book. So, I mean, she had a blast. I mean, every picture we took, I remember distinctly. There's a picture we took when we were outside Everest. I, Danny, I'm sure you remember this. It was like, you know, me, her, you, Anna, your sister. Mm-hmm. I mean, your parents. Like, you know, I mean, this girl's grinning from India. Every picture that was taken, we took a picture with Goofy. She loved it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a – I think for me, I was glad to be able to take her at that age. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking your kid at a younger age. But at that point – that's really good because they're already immersed in the world before they actually get to the world. You know what I mean? So, so they, they could relate to a lot more is what you Yeah. Th- it's yeah. like if you take them somewhere, you don't have to say, hey, look, that's that character. They already are seeing the character. And they're already running a beeline to the character and hugging them and everything like, okay, all right, we gotta take the picture. So it, it made the experience a little more easier for me because I didn't have to guess what she would like or what I think she, who she wanted to take a picture with. It was more like, all right, here's the plan of things. These are who you're going to see. And then if a face lit up, I was like, all right, all right this is easy. I like this. So <laughs> sweet. sweet. Uh, Lee, I think your kids are probably the next older in this. Yeah, I think so. They're teenagers now. So yep. um, that's accurate. Uh, so my kids went the year before they were supposed to go into kindergarten. So like, around six and seven five and six i think they were yeah five and six that sounds right and um i think that's a real good age for them because they can get on just about everything and that was it was a lot of fun man and and the funny thing is that my wife was actually pregnant with my youngest son 
at that time. So technically, they all three went on that first trip together. <laughs> nice. Um, and, uh, but that was my first trip as well. Uh, I had never actually had the uh, pleasure of going to Disney uh, World uh, when I was a kid. So that was my first trip as well as my wife's first trip. It was all of our first trip. Uh, so it was great, man. And that was they had a good time, but I think I had a better time because, like, I fell in love with Disney from that trip, and I was just hooked ever since. Um, but yeah, man, they had they had a blast. Um, my son got to be the chef of the day one day at the resort. He got to make this big ass ice cream sundae thing. It was pretty cool. My daughter uh, had a good time too. She was, um, you know, uh, I think that was a tr- I think that was the trip where she knocked her tooth out on Space Mountain. Because uh, she had a loose tooth and they got knocked loose, yeah. So you know, so just a lot of memories from that vacation. And my son learned to swim on that vacation uh, at the pool at the All Stars, and um, you know, so it's like, yeah, man, it was. I think that's a great age because they're cognizant of what's going on. They're big enough to where they can and got to carry them, and you know, we still have some strollers to push them around a little bit, but you know, for the most part, they're pretty independent and they can have a good time with it. So yeah, it was that's a that was a fun day. That was a fun week. Cool. I'll go next. Okay, so they, uh, so I'm a Disney fan, right? So uh, I'll go to Disney regardless. No. If you really? had to guess, uh, I know. I, I like to hide it. You're pulling my leg. Uh, I just there. came out the Disney closet, and here I am. Is it Be April proud. Fools? No. no. All right. Just so, uh, I'm just a fool. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so my oldest, I have three I have three daughters, and so my oldest uh, I took for the first time when she was six months old. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, you know, yeah, definitely not cognizant. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter. She could recognize, of course, the stimuli that was it's going like on. like taking a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I just had like a little piece of fruit just sitting there and just... Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know it's funny. All the cast members loved her. He's like, "Oh, she's so cute!" Da, 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 da. Like, yes, thank you. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So there was that. Uh, the second child we took when she was a year old, and the third child we took when she was a year old. Wow. Basically, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, we, so I took. I started taking them when they were were young. Um, whether or not there's an appropriate age. I didn't care. <laughs> you know, I'm going regardless. Yeah. You, you know, had, they had just as much fun in the baby care centers as I did in the rest of the park. So, I mean, you know, it, you had it was cool. To do. Well, you, you, you no memories of them at one? Like, uh, how did they react to it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. When they were younger, um, uh, when they were one, two, um, two was, I think, the age of when they started really reacting and, and understanding what was going on or, or the characters and sights and stuff. Or at least they recognized the shapes of the characters and the faces and stuff because, you know, it's on the TV uh, we had a DVD in the car where they'd watch it and stuff like that, um, but yeah, when they, they just they just loved it. I mean, they, they it, first of all they loved the hotel. <laughs> yes, you know we, we'll get into a hotel and they just start running around, just going nuts, like wow, we went Disney. I was like, well, there's a little bit more than that, but you know, <laughs> if you enjoy this, that's good too. Go for it. Um, uh, of course, the baby care centers they loved going in because it was air conditioned and it was quiet. You know, so it was a chance for them to kind of decompress from all the stimuli from the parks. Um, did we ride a lot of rides? Uh, probably a lot of the slow ones. Um, you know, definitely Small World. They love Small World. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's funny, the the one ride that we took them all on, regardless of age, was the Haunted Mansion. Uh-huh. Because I, I had a theory. It's like, okay, if I grow them accustomed to, the, to this particular ride and just show them it's really not scary, uh, they'll be okay. So far, it's worked. Nice. <laughs> you know? So it's like, you know, we say, we're going to the Haunted Mansion. We're going to Mansion. And at first, they're like, ah, I don't want to do anything scary. It's like, but you've been on it four times. Really? <laughs> yeah, you've been on a Ford. You, you know what to expect. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> so in my mind, I'm going, yes! I did it. Success sucker! That's right. I have them acclimated to Haunted Mansion, so now they're scared. Now, the one ride that they, you know, we took our, I guess they, they were uh, four and, no, 
was it five and three? No, no, not five and three. This there must have been seven and four. We took the two older ones on dinosaur. Oh wow! Probably not a good idea. No. <laughs> yes, indeed. They came out balling and everything it was crazy, but it's like okay, we'll wait on the the younger one. How's therapy coming? Oh, it's going well. It's going well. <laughs> but they've been on Haunted well. Mansion. Exactly. But they've been on Haunted Mansion. Exactly. That's important. That's, they they worked out one, there. He got to build up to the other. That's all. Yeah, dinosaurs are not so into dinosaurs and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but no, no, it was cool. It was, it was a very enjoyable experience. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of work. I mean, you know, we went into the understanding that, yeah, we're not, my wife and I, we're not going to ride everything that we normally ride, but, you know, if we really wanted to, we could do the baby swap, but we really just enjoy, you know, taking pictures with the kids you know, if they wanted to see a character, meet a character, we'd go meet with a character, hanging out at the hotel, maybe doing a little swimming in the pools, which, I, you know, I never hardly ever do in the hotels. But mm-hmm. um, with them, they like swimming. We'd take a day break and we'd, I'd actually get to experience that, you know, and I look forward when I can take them to the water parks. I'm sure they're just going to go ape over that. Oh, the water parks. Are, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we just love walking through property, walking through downtown Disney, just taking the sights, shopping, of course. They see the toys and they just want to shop. You get everything, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, it was it was a good experience. I mean, yeah, they were young, but you know, that's that's how I roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Danny, I I know the exact date. It was uh, May twenty second, twenty twelve. We took Lily to Disneyland for her second birthday. She celebrated her second birthday at the Plaza End of Disneyland with Pat E. Cake. Uh, that was the uh, the chef that came out. Oh, wow. and they got to make their own cakes, and Mickey and Minnie came out, and everything was 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 doing well. Uh, so wait, your your child's first Disney experience was Disneyland, Disneyland, the mecca, the home of all that is Disney. We raised her right. That is awesome. <laughs> we took her awesome. for her very first experience. She went to Disneyland, and we thought it was just so appropriate that that was how we started her off. And um, it was our also all of our first experiences in Disneyland. Was that when you stayed in the Disneyland Hotel? It was, it was when we stayed in the okay. Disneyland Hotel. And she loved the hotel. She loved mm-hmm. the monorail pool. She loved She jumped around. She was so excited to be there. And it lasted like, well, it lasted the entire trip. But the one thing that we were, let me put it like this, the very first day we got there, we're walking in. We, we've checked in. Um, we're about ready to go to the parks. As we're walking out, we see that the uh, the Disneyland, um, they're doing a, a breakfast, like a character breakfast. Yeah, okay. And we're like, well, are we hungry? Um, why don't we grab something to eat? And we see it's a character thing. And we're like, okay, well, this is as good a time as any. Let's see how she responds to characters. And I'll never forget, it was Goofy. Mm-hmm. And the first time she saw Goofy, her face went pale. And she got and she got a little afraid she got a little frightened mm-hmm. uh but she held it together all the way up until goofy tried to engage with her and then she lost it and she started to cry oh and she did not want any part of characters that's the one thing i would caution yet like uh you know under two like lily loved the submarines she mm-hmm. loves the the uh the the storyland boat ride boat ride that we went on she loves small world she even did Haunted Mansion well. It was the characters. And I've heard people say, it's like, look, there's something... If your child recognizes that the characters are a little bit spooky, it's because they're smart. In fact, mm-hmm. you know who told me? Andy and Amy? Mm-hmm. Amy was the one who said that to me. She's like, you know, that shows a sign of intelligence because their little brains recognize something's, something's wrong with a this. little yeah. off mm-hmm. about this thing here. I don't quite trust it. And I've told this show in the podcast before. I'll tell it one more time because I think it's been a long time since we, since I've told it. We went to go have a, a character breakfast um, 
was it Paradise Pier Hotel? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Disneyland, yeah. So we're over there. We're having character breakfast. And there's a spot where you walk in and Mickey stands there and he takes a picture with the family and then the family goes and has their seat. Well, we just so happen to be seated right by that place. So we walk in. We have our picture. Lily stays all the way to the far opposite side. We take the picture. We go sit down. Lily was just so happened to be positioned with her back to Mickey as we're there. So as a suspicious child would, with Mickey Mouse behind her, she kept having a tendency to look back to see how far away that mouse was from her. (laughs) And the more she looked back, the more Mickey was like, oh, here's a little girl who wants to engage. So Mickey would come up and attempt to play with Lily, and Lily would proceed to have a meltdown in the middle of the the restaurant. And Mickey would do his, oh, oh, I'm I'm so sorry kind of thing and, and back off. Up until shift change would happen, which happened about every 30 minutes. So then the new Mickey would come in, and then the new Mickey would proceed to approach her, and Lily would proceed to lose her mind and start screaming again. And then Mickey would proceed to back off, and then it was understood. Okay, stay away. Until the next 30 minutes passed, and it just kept happening. It was a cycling of Mickeys that kept freaking her out. But she did wonderful for everything. She loved the teacups. There's so much... At two years old, kids are eligible to enjoy Disneyland. Yeah. Don't be surprised if they're a little scared of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I, I'll blame it at daddy. Um, Mickey watching me. <laughs> <laughs> he watching. Dude, she kept, her head was on a swivel. She just kept Sometimes looking back the entire like time. Somebody's watching me. <laughs> I know it's the mouse with the gloves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, my kids, when they were that young, they did better with the face characters than they did with like the uh, walk around. Oh, that's it. Yeah. The furries. When it came to the princesses, she was gold. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. Every princess she met, she couldn't have had a better time with. I mean, yeah. No, two years old, you're eligible, uh, but there's a little bit something at two yeah. where you recognize some of them. By the time they get to four, they're yeah. over that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know what I've done with the, the younger kids is uh, I read somewhere that, you know, uh, one parent had suggested wa- having the kids watch the Sing Along with Mickey series, if you're familiar with that. Yes. And basically that was shot at Walt Disney World, and it shows the characters, the, the fur characters or and whatever, uh, the mask characters uh, interacting with little kids. You know, they're singing and dancing, do all of it kinds of things. And so, um, you know, one day on a trip down, that's all we watched. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I meant to put it on like once, but it, it, it um, I was outvoted. And so it was, uh, that's all we watched <laughs> on the, on the 10 hour drive down. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> and that's not a long video either. That's like maybe 30 minutes. So I it was know. Over and over. But and when we got to Disney World, it seemed to kind of uh, ease them a little bit. Yeah, they recognize it, they recognize that the on the video that the the characters, the mass characters, were interacting with kids about maybe a little older than their age, but they were kids. They were smaller than them, and, and it was okay. So it kind of worked. That makes sense. Kind of worked. Yeah, because yeah, you you now you because most of their experiences with Mickey has been watching the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And all yeah, of a sudden yeah. they see Mickey, and you're like, "That's not Mickey. What is this?" Who chopped off Mickey's head, yeah. blew it up, and now put it on and is masquerading as my Mickey? So, yeah. yeah, no, I, y'all yeah. probably did it the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, we didn't do that with the first one because we had learned it after that, but uh, she grew accustomed to it. Oh, good. Um, one fond memory I have is uh, if you're in the studios and you're in that little alleyway where uh, One Man's Dream is and the mermaid, you know, that little thing, and they have a couple of benches, um, my middle child, you, you know how kids hide to go poop, <laughs> you know? I don't know if your kids that mine did when they had no. they, when they're diapers they they you know either go in the next room and hide and do their thing. No, um, but I, you know I was sitting there with my middle child and all of a sudden she kind of walked off. She 
hid behind a bench <laughs> in MGM Studios, and this might be poetic, but took a dump right there <laughs> in her diaper in the middle of the studios. Take that, Kirk. <laughs> have, a, have a picture of her squatting behind the bench, just go, uh, just going to town, enjoying herself. I am amazed by the amount of our listeners too that love these. Like, like it's not just Kirk. It oh, there's was, a bunch. There's a bunch. Well, who else yes, was it? It was um, Richard Swero. Uh, I believe, uh, yeah, Rick Swero. Yeah, sorry. Rick Swero. And uh, no, there's another guy. That, it, it's it's a dude. I can't remember. Uh, they'll chime up. Was it Eric Grubb? It's Eric Grubb. I think Grubb? she's right. I it think he's Grubb, right. Yeah. It, it's Eric Grubb. We got a lot of studio fans who listen to the show. Yeah, well, good. That kind of offsets the rest of us. So that's good. Balance. Yeah, well, balance in the force. There it is. The dark of the light, the studios in the right. <laughs> I'd love to ask him, like, why do you love the studios? Is it the memories of what it used to be? Is it the promise of what it will be? Because it can't be what it is. You know what, Lee? Mm. That's a question you could post for our, our next recording. Maybe you could post that on a Facebook saying, knowing what you know of the studios now, what makes you love it? What is it? Is it what it used to be? What it can be? Why are you so dumb? <laughs> <laughs> Please the, tell us. The views of Magic Army Podcast, and of Lolly, I'm sorry, the views of Leo Savica do not necessarily reflect the views of the Magic Army Podcast. <laughs> That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> why are you so dumb? I was going to say, follow that up. Eh? <laughs> Take that. <laughs> well, guys, uh, shoot us an email, man. Let us know. Uh, I'm sure Grub would like to know uh, what your experiences were the first time you brought your child to the parks. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that little interview, that discussion with Benjamin Lancaster of Walt's Frozen Head. Um, we'll have all that information up on our website and if you want to learn more about that as well as the podcast as a whole magicourway.com is the way to go there you'll find our social media links past episodes and more you can also get in touch with us through the following ways you can shoot us an email at show at magicourway.com you can call or text us at 1-815-MO-WEEKEND that is 1-815-MO-WEEKEND that is 669-4226 you brought that in good Kev and thank you. You landed that like a professional. That's because I'm blessed right Smooth. now. Smooth. I'm feeling the the holy holy chest. The Holy Spirit's running through you. <laughs> On my face, naked chest. All over it. it yes, is. like the, a warm comforter. All Trinity. A down blanket. <laughs> <laughs> Keep you good and comfortable. Good and comfortable. Uh, but guys, yeah, uh, you can also leave a voicemail via speak SpeakPipe widget on our homepage. Uh, we got a couple guys who do things outside of the podcast. First of all, we have Eli does things with comics eli tell me what you got going on yes sir uh, as always you are more than welcome to visit www.ivorycomics.com where you're going to go ahead and see all the work that i have for project geisha and savages comic book as well as uh blog posts and interviews and a link to this podcast so you never miss a beat because that's what we want we want complete continuity that's good storytelling yes at uh facebook.com you can find me at eli h ivory Project Geisha has a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Project Geisha. Instagram, you can find me at eivory504. And, of course, on Twitter, you can find me at Hancock10166. So you know the story. It's all about the glory. So please support the arts. Appreciate it. Thank you. And if you want to book a vacation to Walt Disney World so you can see the shooting locations for the further adventures of Walt's Frozen Head, you could do so through Lee Lastavica. Lee, tell them how you can do this. All right, man. So first thing is just to call me at 413-349-8747. That's 
413 frozen head. 413 <laughs> F R Z H E A D. Uh, you can email me at lee at magicarway.com. As always, check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash lost if you could travel. And uh, yeah, man, we'll get you uh, booked up and hooked up with no frozen Vika, <laughs> frozen Vikas. <laughs> and guys, if you want to support the show as a whole, there's a couple ways you can do so. You can click on our affiliate links on our website. You can also buy us some beignets and support the show that way. You can also represent the Moeka Nation wherever you go by purchasing some clothing from our shop. And the easiest way to support us is to leave a rating and review in iTunes or wherever you download the show, whether it is Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play, etc. And of course, remember, we are part of the BS Podcast Network, whose motto is, we speak our minds so you don't have to. So be sure to support our partners in podcasting over there. And guys, we thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to us and making us a part of your Disney fan life. We appreciate you and love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are welcome on the Magic R.A. Podcast, so get in touch with us today. So, Moeekins, ladies and gentlemen, we say Quaharini. My name is Kevin. And I'm Danny. Magic out. I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with tacos. Frozen popsicles. <laughs> Just say frozen head. <laughs> I almost did, and I was like, I don't want to. That's a weird vision of eating someone's frozen head. So I was like, no. I'll go, I'll go with popsicles. <laughs> frozen head. The necessities of Mother Nature's recipe. Hey, guys. Hey, you hear that? Yeah. Yes. You know what that is? Tony Bennett? It is Tony Bennett. Oh, man. Italians recognizing Italian. You know what song <laughs> he likes that. What song is he singing? Well, the song that Lee couldn't sing when he was trying to do it for the Navigator. Oh, wow. <laughs> hey, but do you, do you know what I'm listening it on? This is Mad Hatter Radio, which is an ra- online radio station of Disney fan stuff that we have partnered up with, man. How you like that? Partners here on the Gulf Coast, Magic Carway and Mad Hatter Radio. Mm-hmm. Oh, creative buffs on radio stuff. That's like right. It. Yeah, it's good. It's another outlet. Uh-huh. You know, it, 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 what's good about it, yeah, let me tell you what's good, but you hear Tony Bennett. Mm-hmm. But you could probably hear Bare Necessities done by like a, a metal group, a heavy metal group. You could mm-hmm. probably hear a country version of this. Oh, wow. You could probably hear like a funk version, James Brown type of... Get him, get up again. Oh, yeah. You know? Hot tub, what you say now? Disney. That's right. You can hear that all on the station, man. It's, they don't just give you the normal spiels and, and, and attraction sounds, but they give you every creative variation that other artists have taken to the standard Disney songs. Like Tony Bennett right here. This yeah. little jazzy version of the Bare Necessities. You know? I'm thinking about Goodfellas right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Boy, listen to this station, okay? It's good for you. It's good for me. It's going to go ahead. It's going to help you out. It's going to make me out. It's going to be really good. Okay? Man had a radio. Bada bing, bada boom. Just do it, huh? Mm-hmm.